My name's Rob Howard, and today I'm joined by... Marcus Hurley. Yeah, so, yeah, we haven't done a recording for a few weeks, but, um, yeah, I, I guess we just didn't... We weren't quite as organised about going to see stuff like Wakanda Forever and stuff, which I still haven't seen. Quite a um, No, and... Um, but that's out very soon. But I don't know, based on the Marvel output this year, I, I wasn't... I'm not expecting it to get into my top 10 anyway but uh, yeah that's it this this uh, episode we're doing our top 10 movies of 2022 um so um yeah just generally like like um we we're just talking off air just then and um yeah it's been a funny old year i suppose like but there has been more cinema releases but a lot of those cinema releases have kind of gone straight onto streaming within a few weeks so it's almost like they're training us to not bother going yeah. to some extent <laughs> Um, I made it out to uh, Cineworld for a few like sort of big blockbuster things, um, just to see at the IMAX. Um, that's kind of generally what the only thing that will get me out yeah. now, sadly. But um, I- ironically, the, t- the two at the tail end, one's kind of dropped off now. Um, were mm. the two that actually got me into the cinema after my accident. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder what those are. I think I know at least one of them. Um, <laughs> Anyway, without further ado, let's kick off then. Right. Uh, we're doing we're doing a top ten this year, yeah. uh, just because I don't know why. Um, there there was just a lot of movies, honestly, for me, and I was fighting, and it was like I was just thinking, oh, I really want to sort of talk about these movies, even if they're not quite cr- cracking the top five and stuff. So yeah, uh, no, yeah. anyway. Cool. Um, All right then. So yeah, go on then, Marcus. What's your number ten? Okay, my number ten. I should mention actually my number eleven, which. I don't know. Maybe it should be in honourable mentions, but my honourable we'll mentions we'll list do, is we'll growing. Do, we'll do. We'll do that. We'll do that after. After. Yeah. All right. I'll go top yeah. ten. ten. If, if there's top anything, 10, number ten it, for me, on. Studio Six 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 by the Foo Woo! Fighters. Dave Grohl's uh, directorial <laughs> debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Silly film, but so much fun. Like I went. We went to the cinema to go see it, and we left just beaming. <laughs> thinking yeah. that was that was so much better than it had any right to be <laughs> like so much more fun it was like going to watch a slasher movie you know you you're not expecting yeah. the deepest of plots or anything but it was just it was so much fun and obviously it's a bit bittersweet now we haven't brought ourselves to be able to watch it on the streaming service yet because it's now available it kind of feels a little too soon because of the late taylor hawking hawkins yeah but, um but still a uh, really really fun horror film and really silly and really crazy and so good that it actually made us buy merch so we now own studio 666 t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know I, I think i've seen you out modeling them <laughs> on uh more than one occasion yeah um yeah i i um i actually bought it i did a blind buy on this um okay. and uh when it came out to streaming and uh yeah i enjoyed it quite a lot but yeah it did it, there was a kind of it did leave me with, with a bit of a weird taste in my mouth because I saw it kind of after uh, Taylor Hawkins passed away. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a little bit strange for me. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I did enjoy it, and, and it, 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 it's one in like a grand sort of tradition, actually, of like these sort of rock movies, mm. you know, where where, the, where they, they sort of bands get to a certain level and they can kind of do this sort of yeah. stuff. It, it feels very much like a Wayne's World, like it, it it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's almost like a a Wayne's World Tenacious D style sort of movie, but with more of a budget than a Tenacious D movies had movie had. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it's, there's some bits in there that just really did freak me out, and I've been listening to the soundtrack of it ever since the um, uh, what was it, Widow something, the, the oh, weird yeah. album that he released as a EP sort of thing, which is yeah, basically yeah, yeah. the soundtrack to the film essentially. But yeah, I don't know, I just thought it was such a good film that it deserved to go into a top 10. And I'd actually forgotten it came out in 2022. I thought it came out in 2021. So I literally jumped in and gazumped my, what was, top 10. Yeah. Number 10. It's, yeah, it's quite a coincidence, actually, that um, I actually double-billed that with my number 10, um, yeah. which which was uh, Metal Lords on Netflix. Oh, Yes. I forgot about that. That was a great <laughs> film. Oh god! Yeah, yeah. I, um, it's by one of the chaps that wrote uh, Game of Thrones, not not George R. R. Martin, the guys who adapted it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it was just sort of like I, I, it, it really kind of registered for me on a on a sort of um, historic level, really, because it really reminded me of being at school and the experience I had growing up and stuff, and being the kind of oddball that was into metal and. Um, and, and there were, there were literally lines in it that I'm sure I might have even put in like a film that I made when I was at uni that was not very good, but like, it was so on that sort of, uh, on that level. Um, it's just stuck around in my top 10 all year round. So like, it's just, it just had to have a place. Yeah. So, uh, I know there, there are definitely better films that came out this year, but, um, or last year, sorry, but, um. Like, for me, it was personally like I, it, it found a place, you know. I completely agree. It was just, I mean, I I didn't get into kind of metal or anything around that time, um, but it to me felt like a coming of age sort of thing. And afterwards as well, you know, you could almost change it up for any other kind of geekery thing that you kind of got into, and the metaphor still worked. <laughs> You know, yeah, the acceptance yeah. and the path and everything. But I thought it was such a good film. Such a good film. I can't believe I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it, it was a straight-to-Netflix thing, but um, these days, they, they all kind of almost, oh, you know, straight-to-streaming. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's my number 10. Um, what's your number nine, Marcus? My number nine is one that I've recently just watched. The Northman. Oh, wicked. Um, okay, yeah. That was amazing. That was brutal and that was visceral and i gotta say i absolutely and utterly loved the fact that they interwove actual i just want to say historical elements and stuff like you know figures and everything and people and just story his story with like the supernatural elements and it felt almost like you were telling his tale around a campfire and all of the kind of added lore they add in like the witch and everything else and the blade that can only be drawn at night and you know feeds off the blood and everything and yeah and even when he actually goes to get the blade there's some bits where he has that whole epic battle with the ghost in the armor and when he actually does defeat him 
oh, he yeah, looks yeah. over at himself and he's standing there in front of the sword and, and it's like it never happened but it did and I was like oh god that's so cool it was almost like an astral plane battle <laughs> and then what would happen if you lost the fight would you just die in front of the sword um, oh yeah and it was, I just love the fact that he, he, he'd won he defeated the enemy and he just looked over at himself and then the camera just panned right across and he was over there and I was just like, oh, that's so good. And there were so many bits like that, as yeah. well as some really, really brutal, visceral strikes and slow stabs through the face. And oh, <laughs> yeah, there's some like really awesome, like long sort of takes where uh, like there's like combat going on in a village. Yeah, and it's just very slowly panning across. It's Robert Eggers who directed it. Uh, guy who did um, the Lighthouse and the Vavitch. Oh, um, brilliant. Yeah, so I, I just like the fact that uh, the studio gave him like nearly a hundred million dollars yeah. to do one of his movies. Yeah, uh, and it's based on like uh, really like the original uh, story that Hamlet is based on. I think. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, because it's all about like the the the, the uh, oh yeah matriarchs like manipulating him and stuff like that. Yeah, and, that's true. The brother killed the king and everything, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's all like a mis like a misunderstanding and stuff. Hmm. Like ultimately and. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I love the Northmen. It's in my list as well, uh, but we'll, I'm happy to talk about them as they come up. And also, um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, or is that the dad? Um, no, that's no Alexander Skarsgård. Is, Eric, is, uh, I keep getting confused with his bloody True Blood character. It's not Eric. It's Eric. Eric is his Alexander Skarsgård is the actor. Yeah. Yes, that's it. He is so built. It's yeah, for this. ridiculous. Like, yeah. what did he do? Pick up buildings to like <laughs> to get his shoulders that big. When he walks, yeah. it's like he just walks as like he's literally like a wall of death coming at you. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he's definitely genetically gifted in that way. Um, I think he's got that whole trunk torso yeah. that he's got. It's like so chiselled. Yeah, it's but yeah, it's 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 an amazing cast actually, from top to bottom. Even Bjork turns yeah, up. Yeah, she was the witch, weren't you? I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. Anyway, yeah. No, really good. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, my number nine is Top Gun Maverick. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you seen this yet? I have. It features yeah. higher up on my list. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Only because I'm a bit of a kid at heart. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, you go because it's your, it's your number. Yeah, yeah. This was one of the ones I bothered going to cinema for. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was... It, it was it was a triumphant um, sequel, I think. The, the studio had held on to it, I think, for a long time, um, waiting for the COVID thing to go away or t- to, to the extent that they could release it. I mean, it's one of the few movies that didn't go straight onto streaming. I yeah. think it only just arrived on Paramount Plus just before Christmas. Yeah. And it came out in like May or something. So it, it went the whole year without, um, you know, coming off any cinemas. Um and just tremendous word of mouth and goodwill. I think the plot itself was simplistic, but still um, quite uh, significantly more than the original movie. Yeah, which which I did go back and see. Um, and and uh, I really, I mean that that first film is really kind of carried on the weight of its soundtrack and the yeah. visuals. Um, Overuse the, the of act- Berlin, though, I found when I rewatched the first one. I was like, did they really yeah. rinse the hell out of this? Tra- oh, they did. <laughs> well, it's it's the it's the theme, isn't it, of the yeah. film? And they 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 play like the 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 instrumentation quite a bit, like um, throughout. Um, 
Yeah, but the in the original, the the dog fights themselves are really just like they're incoherent. Really, yeah, it's, it's just studio. Like, it's um, it's library footage, isn't it? Of just you know, more or less. Did, what I mean, even as a kid, I knew that the MIGs they were fighting were American trainer planes. FIA yeah. Freedom Fighters, you know. I, I I had a little model of one. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. that ain't no big. This is a six-year-old me. <laughs> yeah, and of course at the centre of it is Tom Cruise, who just seems to defy all uh, sense of ageing. Um, yeah. And manages to put uh, himself in these crazy situations. I don't know if you uh, how widespread this footage of the new Mission Impossible is. They showed it before Avatar okay. um, recently, and it's like... It's basically it's a trailer for Mission Impossible, but what it is is it's just like the the um, making of this mad stunt where he's <laughs> jumping off a bike in off a cliff. Jesus, and um, yeah, so like I mean, the, the man uh, definitely suffers for his art um, in the same way as like your Buster Keatons and your Jackie yeah. Chans. You know, there's there's that's not a very long list no. of, of of people that are willing I, to go that. I think extra the first mile. the first Mission Impossible I remember seeing that was when he was hanging onto the outside of the plane, and it was taken yeah. off, and that was pretty much the trailer. It was just following that whole little sequence of him just hanging on, and then the yeah. camera's there, and you can see the ground just taken away, and you're like going. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Bearing in mind, oh, well, this is Tom Cruise. You could see him shitting himself and hoping he gets it right whilst trying to <laughs> act at the same time and yeah, try not yeah, to yeah. die. <laughs> oh, well, it, we've, uh, it might not be the last we talk about this no. film if it's higher up on your list. Um, so we'll get do. Well, I don't know. On. I think we can just bypass it. But I just want to quickly say that for me, Top Gun Maverick was basically everything I wanted from. It was like watching the original Top Gun when you were a kid. You you yeah. didn't really notice the story so much, but this one I wanted Top Gun with a, a better story, and we got it, and I'm really happy with it. I was really it's a good example of you can go back and make a sequel to a film and it not be shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with it. Cool. All right then. Uh, so we're moving on to number eight now. Yep. What 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 you got? My number eight is um, Scream. Five. Oh right, okay. The, the 2022 one. It's just it's just called Scream. I think yeah, Scream Five. That was yeah. so well done. Um, yeah. Talk about it's. It. I mean, I, I'm not going to go into. I'm not going into too much detail on it because it's it's a Scream film. It's a slasher film. You can't really spoil too much on it. But yeah. I thought it was such a. The phrase legacy sequel gets used a lot, and it definitely is kind of like that. It reminded me of the way that Ghostbusters Afterlife was done. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, which I'm hoping isn't a 2022 film, because I just realised I might have left that. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. It okay, was last good. year. Uh, well, uh, two years ago now. But yeah, it, it felt like that. The way that that was treated and handled, that the cast weren't just there as extras, they were involved and stuff, and the story was... Well, in Ghostbusters Afterlife, they, they kind of have a guest appearance, but it's, it's still central to it, isn't it? Um, yeah, but in this, the, everyone's treated with the same respect they have been in all of the other films and stuff like that. You know, it's just so cool. The return of Dewey's theme, um, which was incidentally the also theme to Broken Arrow, <laughs> that wow. they just randomly stuffed into into Scream. It was just like it was John Travolta's theme from that film. And they oh, just right. randomly copied it and made it Dewey's theme. <laughs> think- oh, okay. I think I I did go back and watch like uh, a bunch of screen films. Yeah. I, 
I don't know whether I got to uh, uh, if if four was out by then. It must have been because huh. I th- I think I remember at the time thinking, oh yeah, I need to go back. Yeah, we, we did the whole this... marathon. We did all of them. Yeah, um, yeah. I've I've not seen this one yet, um, but there's another one out this year apparently. I know. I, I I thought this would have ended it quite nicely, and then I've looked and I see it's going to be set in New York. <laughs> yeah, we, and with uh, Jenna Wednesday Ortega. Hmm. 10th of March. Good God. Even, it's that soon, yeah. That's really soon. Yeah, I suppose yeah. it's easier to make those kind of films, though, because it's not really special effects driven, is it? Yeah, like maybe some visual effects, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's... Yeah. No, no, it seems to be going strong, this series. Shows, shows no sign of uh, letting out, letting off. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, my number eight is The Menu. Ooh. which uh, just recently arrived on Disney. And uh, it's basically, um, it stars, um, Ray Fiennes is like the head chef of this exclusive restaurant that's out on an island. And it's almost a bit like strange, like all of the um, ingredients are sourced from the island. The, the idea is that you're eating the island. And uh, there's all these various like groups of people go in there and the, the meal starts coming out and sooner or later, something a bit strange is going on. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really clever, really on the pulse. Um, it's a bit of a social commentary on the haves and the have nots. Um, and it's just very witty and has some just awesome like moments that I don't want to spoil really. Mm. Um, I think, um, Ray Fiennes might be in the frame for an Oscar for this maybe I think certainly wow. but I mean it's Ray Fiennes so of course it is um, but yeah no I ch- check it out it's, uh, it was it was on its, in cinemas um, a few weeks back and is again an example of one of those films that just suddenly appears on Disney Plus um, so yeah uh, that, that's a fairly fairly recent addition for me but it had to go in here somewhere so uh, yeah it's going in at number Eight. Nice. I'm just jotting down an extra list, like films from Rob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's I'm worth like, it. Okay, yeah. No, cool. I, I might do two, actually, um, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so for me, number seven, uh, another big blockbuster, Jurassic World Domination. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, only because they've been a bit... The Jurassic World series has been a bit massively hit and miss, and dinosaurs are almost like how we were with zombies. You know, it's like oh god, another dinosaur film. But right. I thought I ponied up for the full extended version, and we sat and we watched the entire film, and it was it just felt oh, so okay. nice to see all the characters back, just kind of doing their thing and everything, and it felt like it felt more like Jurassic Park than Jurassic World. Um. And it was just, it was. I don't know how much longer it was, maybe 15, 20 minutes, maybe, or whatever. Just little bits shoveled back in here and there. Um, but it, was just, it just felt so nice. It felt, it felt good to see the people doing the things and not all of them to kind of just be there to be disposed of and stuff, which I was worried about. I thought they were just going to be there to be killed off um, mm. because that seems to be the thing that always happens. And <laughs> again, that's what I was fearing with the new Scream film. Mm. Um and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I guess 
different strokes for different folks, but I'm I'm always a sucker for a dinosaur movie, and one one that's one that's that well done. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I know I'm getting a bit tired of Chris Pat doing the whole palm out, stopping the dinosaurs, but you know if you're a lion tamer or if you're a wild wild. A creature tamer you're going to be keeping doing that you you know you can't tell them to do something else because they'll die so <laughs> that's the thing they do to tame it and that's the thing they do and it's a slightly cheesy moment where they're all doing it but it's like okay it was a bit like something getting passed back down a generation as opposed to going up and it was just nice seeing Sam Neill regain his, his kind of light in my mind so that you know the darkness that he put in there from Event Horizon has been kind of overtaken now. You yeah, know? Um, I don't but, know. I, I really enjoyed it, and I just thought as a, I enjoyed it more than I did the last possibly two Jurassic World films. Um, so for me, that's good. So it's like Jurassic Park, possibly Lost World, and then sort of this. So I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed it. So it made it made my top ten. So, yeah, so I haven't seen Fallen Kingdom yet because I didn't like Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, but if you think it gets better as it goes along, I then... I think uh, Fallen Kingdom's a little bit weird. Like, it goes a bit weird, but I think in this one, it's just it's just a bad dinosaur. Lots of bad dinosaurs. And they're running from the bad dinosaurs. It's less genetic nonsense and, oh, we're going we're gonna to cross this dinosaur with a laser raptor or something like that, you know, the, that's what <laughs> yeah. seemed that's what seemed to be the thing about the Jurassic World ones. They were obsessed with that. Um and it was there was a kind of like a couple of funny bits in, in World in Domination that kind of like, you know, this guy again, he's always there. This guy again, like the geneticist that always seems to be there. <laughs> like from yeah. the beginning. And it's like, you know, I, I this one is a lot better for me. A lot better. Cool. It All showed right, a sort of global effect as well of dinosaurs as well. So it's, you know, right yeah. off the island. Yeah, kind of. Cool. All right, my number seven is Kimmy, um, starring Zoe Kravitz and directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, this one I, I watched on Sky Movies. I think showed up there day and date with cinema, or didn't even go to cinema. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great little thriller about a uh, tech worker who lives in a really lo- lovely apartment in uh, Seattle, and um, she she works she works on. I probably mentioned this before. I don't know if you remember, but um, she works on like a device that's like an Alexa, and so. Um, but but they're like listening to like the commands that their users are giving it okay. uh, to try and error handle like you know any that it doesn't understand. And so she overhears, like, like sounds like a murder or an, uh, an attack in the recording. Mm. Um, she tells her bosses, and then all of a sudden it's like people are after her, and, like, she's getting all paranoid. And, nice. Like, and, and so there's some, like, really cool – it's a real, like, minimalist film, you can tell. It, it reminded me a lot of Lockdown, um, mm. in a way, um, because of how, like, you know, a lot of it's almost like the first two thirds of the movie take place in her flat, okay. as well as well as the finale, actually, um, without getting into specifics. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was a real cool little film. I ended up watching it a couple of times. Actually, showed it to my uh, dad and my sister. I don't think they were quite as into it as I was, but um, mm. yeah, it was totally up my street. Um, yeah, really, really, really good. Uh, tight ninety minutes as well nice. always always scores points for me 
So, uh, yeah, that's my number seven. Uh, what's your number six? My number six, um, I've got two films down, but I kind of feel as though, well, no, I mean, I've got two, oh, I've got six and five down, but they're both of the same variety, and I can't really decide whether I like one more than the other, so I might just merge them both into one. Okay, um, all right. And add another one. So I'm going to add in my number six, Spiderhead. Spiderhead? Yes. Okay. It's uh, a weird film with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay. This Netflix so, one. Yeah. And it's about, it's kind of like, because you, you're talking about like strange. I'm thinking, like, I really enjoyed it. We watched that. We really enjoyed it. It was really weird and really quite odd and a bit brutal. It's like a small, or I say quite small scale. These people wake up on an island and they get experimented on. And it's all about just what's going on. And they've all got a sentence to carry out. And it's it feels a little bit kind of like Hunger Games Battle Royale, that sort of thing, where they're in this facility and it's, they're just doing things. And there's different chemicals making them do things. And, and, and you're following this one person. He's made to do all sorts of things. And other people are made to do all sorts of things. And then... I'm keeping it vague because it's one of those ones where if you just give away yeah. the plot, it tells the whole story. So it's just, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was like a nice little, I can't remember how long it is. I don't think it outstayed its welcome. I think it was barely like an hour and a half standard, or something. Standard, according to IMDb here. Yeah. Standard, uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, the second film on, on your list, or, well, well yeah, um, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, mm. the other one being Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Oh, wow. Mm, mm. Yeah, and also featuring Miles Teller. I <laughs> wonder what's happening there, right? Eh? Yeah, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah, no, that sounds interesting. I might. I, I did see that turn up, um, but I, I, I didn't really. I didn't give it a second look, honestly. But uh, no, um, I didn't originally, and we were just wondering. We were just looking at something to watch, something random, and we just put it on and just found that we just watched it. Just sat down, completely forgot what we were going to be doing instead, and <laughs> just said, which is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, yeah, so my number six is The Northman, which we've already talked about. Nice. Um, and I don't really have much more to say that you didn't cover already. So, um, so, we'll, so, so, we'll, so we'll skip straight on to um, the number five. So things okay. are really heating up now. Okay. This, is the, uh, this is the proper, this is the real deal. This is where we usually begin yeah. our, uh, our roundup of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. I I can't decide, so I'm going to just name two films. Glass Onion, Stroke Knives Out. Well, one of them came out in 2022. Yeah, well, okay then, Glass Onion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but, you, but you caught up on both of them yeah, this exactly. year, mate. Um, it's yeah. a Knives Out mystery, you know, as, as it's subtitled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. M- yeah, Blanc. yeah. Um, I, I, I really loved them. It just felt like bonkers Cluedo. The switch in the first film was just crazy. Like, you know, they go from the first one as well. Actually, no, we're talking about The Glass Onion. Edward Norton. Seeing Edward Norton getting another role. Yeah. Haven't seen him in anything for a while. Playing a complete shithead. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, these these uh, films are pretty uh, stand out, mostly on account of their incredible casting. Yeah. 
Dave Bautista. Um, <laughs> I think I think he wants to. It's like um, he's kind of wants to do uh, like an Agatha Christie sort of mystery. Yeah, he's like Poirot, but, isn't he? But, but with a, but with a, yeah, but with like a clue cast. Yeah, if you remember that film from yeah, back in the day, definitely. which had that same sort of level of celebrity in it, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, like oh yeah, they, they are like mystery box, literally uh, films. Um, that are that are outstanding, and I, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him to just keep making these forever instead of Star Wars or whatever yeah. else he was associated you, you with. You keep forgetting that you're not meant to trust what you initially see, but then you don't know what the twist is, so you just go, "Ah, oh, it will tell me," and then I'll just enjoy it. So you just <laughs> you don't even know what the film is until the second act. Yes, like like until about a good hour into it, you, you know, you might be like, "Someone's going to get murdered here," or someone already has. Yeah. Or like, I, I was or, or a bit like, I was a bit surprised having gone on from Knives Out. I was a bit like, Where, "Where's the death? No one's died yet." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, going honestly. on for ages. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was yeah, like, are they all going to do it? What the- <laughs> That's it. I know, and he just keeps keeps teasing you, and and like, I mean, oh, it's just it's just class. I don't want to get into specifics really because, like, yeah. I mean, it's quite a new film. I know a lot of people still haven't seen it, um, but yeah, like Dave Bautista, like, I mean. Yeah, it, it, they're, they're, they're ace. I mean, I'm not sure why this isn't in my list, actually. It was. But um, I've been fannying about and yeah, trying to cram in, in out, I mean, yeah, It's worth but, a mention. It's no lesser film if it's not in there. But No, I'm so glad you've, you, you've got it in yours. I really am, because <laughs> it's definitely worthy of, of mention uh, in, in the same phrase as films of 2022. If I was to do a review of it, I would just use two words. Glorious retribution. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> and let's not let's leave it at that because yeah, it's still new, it's still fresh. Yeah, so there's there's definitely another one happening. He's writing it at the moment. Oh, wicked! And um, yeah, I don't know where it's going to be. Uh, who's going to be in it other than Daniel Craig? I can't wait. But yeah, what a tremendous role to have though. That after, was it? I was going to say it's so good to see Daniel Craig having fun. He's clearly having fun with this role, and you yeah, know, you can see the twinkle in his eyes as he's acting. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, and and to ha- to land this sort of after Bond, you know, now he gets to sort of just chill out, yep. retire from the action bits, um, and and just be like a badass, genu- genuinely. Like, um, yeah. The only thing I will say, and probably the reason that this didn't make my list, is that um, I could tell there was a lot of COVID about it. Yeah, um, you know, it well, they were wearing masks like- at one point, and then and then they yeah. just cured them. It's like they said, "What is that?" And it's like, "Yeah, you're, you're okay. good. Don't worry, you're good." <laughs> the guy, the guy has just come up with a cure, and it was like they didn't say it, but yeah, it was just, like you blatantly just go, "The guy's got so much money, he oh, he's just cured it." But he's yeah, not. Just, he's not. <laughs> he's got a vaccine. It's like, yeah, just 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 open your mouth, you know. <laughs> yeah, but but that was it. Was I? I kind of felt like the the construction of it just felt a little bit. Um, suffocated slightly yeah I think there was most of the action all took place in like this one isolated location yeah and 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 it just felt a little bit constricted I know like the first one I mean that that was kind of mostly in a house but there was also like a lot of stuff going on around it yeah yeah stuff like that but hopefully the uh the second one will be a little bit more expansive perhaps and you know, i think I they know. made the story work though because Third it is one, just mean, a guy who yeah. sees himself as you know um ted talk bond villain but without being the villain 
you yeah, yeah, the trappings. Yeah. So his own island, a, a, a gong, yeah, you know, all the sort of stupidness. Oh, it's all like toxic masculinity and everything. Yeah, but, and there's been a lot of that in a lot of films like uh, that I've liked this year, um, yeah. referencing that. But that's just the, world, the state of the world we live in, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. But I'm, I'm the only person to make that sort of uh, uh, c- c- criticism, but... Um, it couldn't be, and it, it's it's not a fair criticism. It's just a personal sort of bugbear yeah. of mine, I think. Um, but yeah. like, like it's weird though. In the same way that I liked Kimmy for that, yeah. Some films sort of just feel it, like it depends how it's put into it. If it's something yeah. that feels as though it's naturally just there, because it's just the way that the world is and the way that the situation calls for it to be, that's fine. If it's yeah. that's clear and first, and they're twisting the story around it, that's when it's a bit like. You're kind of just telling a, a footnote mm. and finding a way to just, the film's a vehicle. Shouldn't necessarily yeah. be a vehicle. It should be a tale, a cautionary tale. In that yeah. sense. Anyway, yeah. Okay, right. uh, my number five is Prey. Ooh. The nice. uh, the um, Dan Trachtenberg directed Predator sequel of sorts or prequel, perhaps. Yeah, yeah pre- more of a pre- pre-sequel. Yeah, I mean it's a reimagining, really, and it's it's just a they've just taken the license of the of the character of that creature, hmm. um, and and just set up the the situation in a different time period, yeah. um, which is Ace, and just opens the door for I, so many. I want more. I, yeah. I was immediately thinking, like, oh God, could you imagine if one turned up against medieval knights, like yeah. in in medieval Europe or something like that? You or know, samurai. places of. Yeah, places of just comp, like you know, and and predators gave a little hint to that. Where you had the yakuza guy as well, and it was a bit like, mm. could you imagine? It's just like you know, feudal clans going up against seven samurai versus predator. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, mostly a uh, Native American descended cast as yes. well. Um, I think they actually filmed the whole thing in their native yeah, language as well. Yeah. There's a track that's in the native yeah, tongue. If, if you want. Um, but yeah, like just really cool. And and what I liked about it was that it constantly um, defied your expectations. You know, when you, when it, you thought, oh, well, here's the setup where she's going to be covered in mud, yeah. you know, his, you know, and, and it didn't go there. Yeah. Um, and they come up with some really cool, like ways of combating the predator. And there was a little, they went a bit heavy with the CGI animals. I thought maybe, yeah. I think they but didn't just, quite get them down. Maybe, maybe there was a budget restraint. And they couldn't. There's a certain amount they couldn't quite finesse I it. I just, I just think that they went so far with it that you know you couldn't help but get a little bit of that uncanny valley because yeah. you know they just didn't hold back, and I think they were just very ambitious. Yeah, and yeah, maybe, maybe yeah, there was a bit of budget going on there where it just it just snapped me out of the, the out of it because the rest of it otherwise was so spectacularly shot. Yeah. The, uh, the, the visuals, amazing. Creeping and, uh, mists and everything. It was just, yeah, it was glorious. It was and I, and a gorgeous I, film. Yeah, and I really root for Dan Trachtenberg, having followed his career from back in the early podcast days and stuff. Um, so, yeah, like I, I, I really love Prey, and I feel like it was thieved of a full cinematic release. Really. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it's higher up on my list, but I feel the same. I feel as though... Having been thrown to a streaming service, it then became fair game for having all of its little intricate details spoiled the hell out of. Because I was imagine, could you imagine, kind of like how I always use Sixth Sense as a kind of thing, like going into that cinema 
That's one of the early screenings where you, things are kept as a secret. Could you imagine not knowing? Because when we watched it, I, I turned on the movie really quickly and Suze had no idea. She was like, oh, this looks really cool. She yeah. just thought it was a film about Native Americans. Like, okay, the character's likable and all that. Then the ship flew overhead and she just turned and looked at me like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> Aliens and Native Americans. Cool. Yeah. No idea it was a Predator film. And then... And then yeah, after well, I mean, she was it, like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, there's no, um, you know, there's no sort of expectation that, you know, some people would be that tuned into this series necessarily. Yeah. And, 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 and that, that's, and that's what, that's even better then. Cause yeah. you're kind of appreciating it, coming to it from a completely different, uh, yeah. angle of innocence, you know, and, mm. uh, and, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, meanwhile, the rest of us are like, right, we know what's coming. Yeah. I feel and, a bit, I feel a bit bad that I found out that it was like a prequel kind of thing. I thought the, I thought the naming was really good. The idea of calling it Prey rather than Predator almost flipped opposite. I thought yeah. that was really... And the little hints of the original title with like the grating at the bottom of the text. So there was kind of hints in there. But also it got me asking the question I never thought I'd ever ask or knew that I needed to ask. What would happen if Predator fought a bear? <laughs> yeah 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 i never knew i needed to know that until it was happening on the screen and i was just like oh my god <laughs> also when uh when the line was uttered if it bleeds we can kill it yeah. i uh i i whooped yes. i was off i was off my chair do you know why because <laughs> in this film they did it so well whereas in the predator it felt like they were just going at a million miles an hour to try and do the get to the chopper, do this, do that, yeah, do this, yeah. do that, and it just fell over. Whereas in this, it was a, a nice organic story, and yeah. yeah, and the dog didn't die. Hurrah! That's always a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on then. Okay. Uh, what's your number four? Then, My Marcus? number four is everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, okay. The uh, multi, the other multiverse film with um, Michelle Yeoh Yo. and uh, oh god, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, and, uh, and and short round. Yes, exactly. Bless I can't you. remember okay. his name. That was yeah. That's yeah I know. But um, what a great film! I really enjoyed it. It was bonkers Asian cinema, but so audacious so over the top and I remember you were telling me little bits about it without trying to spoil it and then when I eventually saw it I was just like what is going yeah. on what yeah. is happening here sausages what? for fingers sausages for... that wasn't even the weirdest part the weirdest part was when there were rocks yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah just just set there it's Kei Hu Kwan is, uh, is, is the one you're, we're thinking of yes yeah 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 give sure him his then. name great film so much fun um can't really go into it because it was just bonkers and i need to watch it again but i just really enjoyed it. i left that thinking i really really enjoyed that um yeah i just listened to uh the film cast uh podcast and listening to them do this what we're doing right mm-hmm. now and all three of them uh this was their number one. Oh wow yeah so i feel bad now for it not being very high in my list but oh well like i said film cinema is subjective and you your mood changes throughout the year and stuff and everything because you saw this in the cinema a while back yeah i did yeah whereas i saw it fairly recently um yeah, a couple of months back so i guess it's fresher in my mind maybe but then i think i think the problem with me is um i think it got overhyped 
in my uh, sort of world. Circle of, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I just kind of started to think, like, is it... I mean, it is a tremendous achievement. Um, it's done by the Daniels. I think most of it they edited at home. Wow. Uh, um, you know, using Final Cut or, like, After Effects. Um, and, and the amount of setups and stuff um, were, were really incredible. But I think I didn't... I mean, I, I'm not that familiar with that uh, immigrant story, really. I, it's not something that... that, that um, speaks to me. Hmm. Um, I appreciate it completely, um, and and I, and I, I yeah. I mean the family stuff. I, I kind of really enjoyed that as well. Like I, it did get to me, um, and and it's lovely to see Michelle Yeoh like really owning yeah. it bit in a lead role. Yeah. Um, and 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 just just showing all sides of her talent really. So I mean, it, it, I don't know why this isn't so more high to me. Like I say, it's just. I was just remembering films at the last minute. I literally was like about an hour ago. Um, just like why I've just literally putting together and rearranging stuff. Even at the last minute, I was moving yeah. stuff around and all that, as is always the case with these. Um, but I, I, for me, as I've been a big fan of Asian cinema for a while, it was nice to kind of get back into one that wasn't necessarily drawn in from the swords sorcery sort of angle and then kind of pulled back in. Even yeah. though there was, you know, a bit of action in this and stuff, it's basically like the Asian Matrix, um, Asian yeah. multiverse Matrix kind of, which was really cool. I thought it was a really good way of doing it. Um, you know, dimensional occupation and stuff like that. I thought it was so good. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I just liked it. I thought it was really cool. It kind of reminded me of back in the day when this film called Storm Riders came out and it made such an impact. On mm. Asian cinema, and it was basically the closest thing to like a live action Mortal Kombat. We had this guy that could control rain and ice and stuff, and he was it was like Mortal Kombat without it being Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just yeah, it was it was cool. I really enjoyed it, and I, I'm looking forward to more. And being a big fan of like Chunking Express and an old director called Wong Kar Wai, where he does a lot of social stuff as well in his films. Mm. Um, yeah, it felt nice to kind of see something like that obviously with a massive budget as well but yeah, it yeah. just adds to the spectacle doesn't it yeah for sure um, my number four um, is All Quiet on the Western Front which I only watched last night okay. um, it's, it's, but, it, but it, it had quite an effect on me it's, um, it's a German film which shows a German point of view on the First World War and these young mm. kids going into it it's on Netflix, went straight on there. It's actually Germany's submission for Best International Film at the Oscars this year. Nice. Um, but um, that wasn't why I watched it. I didn't know that until after. Uh, directed by Edward Berger. And it, it's really, I think, just showing it from that perspective, um, it makes it all the more impactful. Um, it's all in German with subtitles, obviously. But, um, yeah, the way that they're just these old commander guys are sat in these big rooms making these kids just go off and get murderized is just yeah. like outrageous. And it's just, there's some scenes of like utter horror in this that are like well up there with saving private Ryan, like yeah. really got under my skin and not even just the violent bits, but the ones, the bits where they were free of it yeah. and just this sort of impending dread, like the clock is ticking. They're almost about to end the war. And yet these fuckers just will not give up. And send them out, and in and it's like yeah, in like you know, in a few minutes' time, they could have been 
drinking with these people instead yeah. of bayoneting them through the face. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really, really horrid. Um, As should be. I mean, I, I think the films on The Great War and the second one should be visceral because there seems to be a kind of sanitization going on where we look back through rose-tinted glasses and we talk about the Blitz spirit and everything and and yeah. almost like make it seem like, oh, it's all about community and togetherness and doing things for king and country. It was, no, it was fucking horrible. It the was, other thing, yeah. You had to do some horrendous things. And did we need to go so far? And there's all these sort of questions. And, and I think raising those questions now that we don't have to do that on that scale it but should it always makes, be a reminder I think I just it just made me also think though of like how right now like we're in this world where we've got this Ukraine war going yeah. on and all these sanctions against Russia and like and and how like why and now it's like we feel like Russia should be like blocked out and I feel like not enough people think about like the actual innocent people in Russia yeah. that have got no part in this yeah. and all the industry and stuff, they're getting fucked over left and right because yeah. of their government yeah. and, or, or, or what the Ukrainians are doing. And, and I think it's really valuable to look at the other side sometimes and see the other point of view because there, there are, or, we there do are victims see t- on both sides. Of, yeah. Of things and, like and, this. And, and I feel like this, it's all this Ukraine, this and Ukraine that, but no one's given a single fuck this side of the, conflict um to the poor people in russia who are being impacted by this awful war Hmm. and so you know um i think that really resonated with me um my dad's been very sort of like um you know very passionate about that Hmm. sort of thing and and it sort of made me remember um some of the things he said while i was watching it so uh yeah yeah no it's a it's a tremendous film but it's it's a rough watch i mean my god you yeah. You got to be in a you got to be in a good mood because <laughs> uh, it because it's quite harrowing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, awesome. Uh, that's my number four. Um, it's actually it's not a remake of the original film. It's just a it takes license with the book that it's based on that the old film was based on because the book apparently takes place a lot most of it after the war okay. and it's about reintegrating after that. And in this, it's just more. I don't know why they sort of had to make it based on that really i suppose maybe just for some brand recognition to i don't know but um but it's it's well good if it, if it got the film made then yeah brilliant cool that's the, that's my number four uh what's your number three then marcus well my number three is actually top gun maverick so oh, okay. we can pass by on that because we've we've given it we've given it quite a bit of time so given yeah, it's juice all right then if you've got nothing else to say yeah um, <laughs> yeah tom cruise rocks etc um my number three then is elvis oh uh which is the biopic uh starring austin butler i actually saw him on kimmel you know that kid is definitely a star the the, the swagger he has almost seemed like elvis you know he's yeah. not he was just doing he was just on a chat show and if, all the girls were going insane. Like, I think he's got quite a long career coming up. Nice. Um, yeah, he's quite a dude, actually. No wonder he got that role. Um, but yeah, it's Baz Luhrmann bringing its sort of usual, like, maniacal madness uh, production. You know, like, the whole thing looks like a, a, a 90s pop, pop video sort of thing. Um, crazy sort of special effects and stuff. Um but yeah, like a really, a really solid 
retelling of the story. Tom Hanks playing uh, Colonel Parker, um, his um, manipulating manager. Um, but yeah, no, I, I loved Elvis and I watched it. I, I blind bought it actually because I missed it at the cinema, but I bought it on Apple. And then I showed it mostly just so I could show it to my dad. And my dad was in bits by the end of it, as was I again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was nice. That was a nice afternoon we spent watching that. Um, yeah. So that's Elvis, my number three. Nice. I've yet to see that and Rocket Man. I hear they're both good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are both both very good. And they actually showed both of them at um, in the Woolpack Beer Garden. Oh, they're, they're doing. They, they, they've got some sort of license to let them watch uh, play movies or something. Because uh, I think I thought it was a bit dodgy that they were showing them yeah. so close to release, but apparently it was fine. Blimey. I don't. I don't. I think they've stopped doing it during the winter. Yeah, yeah, um, a bit cold. <laughs> but but, but um, yeah, they put, a a they put a projector up in that corner bit, you know, just outside. And uh, yeah, I went down there. I went down there and watched Rocket Man. Actually, I'd seen it before, but. Um, yeah, it was quite good. Nice. It's not. It's not like you know. It's not like going to the IMAX or nothing. But <laughs> no, no. But it's quite nice, isn't it? Outdoor yeah. cinema in a beer yeah. garden. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's an option. Hopefully, that will come back uh, when the weather gets nicer again. I imagine it would do. I imagine it will. Um, yeah. Okay. So right. number two. Number two for me. Number two was prey. Oh, okay. All right. Um, we've done that. So yeah, we've kind of done that as well. I think my number one is going to surprise you. Um, okay. Hopefully right. it won't anger you. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Let's see. I'm, I'm intrigued now. Yeah. Uh, my number two was uh, is is Barbarian. Oh, okay. Which, uh, another another Disney gem. Yeah. <laughs> which is a it's a it's a it's a mega horror film. Have you just, did you see it? We've seen it. I don't think I don't think it sat with me as well as it did with you. Well, clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I just like the balls on it, man. Like just the fact that it sort of it goes to that sort of like wreck level of like horror, mm. um, and then and then it just stops and then yeah. changes gear completely. Yeah, and the bit where he's like measuring up. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, that just blew my mind. It's just like. Oh my god, what the fuck? Like, Whoa. oh my god, you're gonna die in a minute! It's the fact that it's the guy like... starts measuring the room, ignoring the contents of the room. Yeah. I was like, also, I was, you kind of left there thinking, is it, is it all being cleaned out? No, it's still there, he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, I mean, it's just, it's just taking the whole thing, like, it's just the, the location, it's just taking it from another angle yeah. and just, just mashing it up. And then you get this sort of really creepy sort of uh, flashback to, like, years before. Yeah. Sort of ex slightly explaining what's going on. I mean, maybe it, they did explain it a bit too much, what was going on there. Um, but it's an indictment of the uh, de of the de um, the degradation of Detroit, uh, basically. That's, like, the metaphor, one of them. Yeah. And then also, like, gender roles and toxic masculinity again although uh, weirdly you notice there was a weird like the neighborhood itself was almost a bit like a horror thing because at night it all become dilapidated and during the day the buildings would look better isn't that just a bit in the flashback where they look good um i'm pretty sure the house next to it was really wrecked at the start and then it kind of wasn't so much when she went back to it 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I might be just, yeah, I might have got it slightly confused. I was wondering whether there was some sort of horrible supernatural element that was in, in sort of taking hold of the entire town area. That was what I kind of read into. Um, right. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I did just misread I think that it bit. Was just like, it was I just, just misremembered like... that bit. But yeah, yeah but the... I mean, for, for us, we were kind of thrown out of it a bit because, I don't know, there's one bit in there that kind of underwrote the whole thing a bit. And it's kind of like the slasher thing where you have to suspend your belief um, in people. And it was just the fact that no sane woman would do that in the first place. <laughs> oh, what, go and explore into no, the basement? No, just like when she stays with the creepy guy and right oh, at the right. start. And you kind of think that you do that and it's like, considering at the start she's ignoring a phone call from a persistent ex so clearly the idea of being in a relationship that you know has ended badly and she doesn't want to speak to the person because she keeps hanging up on them annoyingly the person comes up as marcus and i was like oh god here we go again (laughs) um uh but yeah it's just like it kind of comes up and she just ignores there's been a couple of missed calls like at the start and she just kind of like doesn't answer it just stops the call um so kind of with that element kind of behind to then go and stay with someone that's randomly creepy in an Airbnb and even after they start doing creepy things that you don't just go and leave. Um, you know, you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and then fall asleep in the same place with them and go and sit and go and potentially go to have wine with them and stuff like that and then eventually kind of fall for them a little bit after a night. It's kind of, that's the that was the part that was a bit, you have to suspend belief on that, that she would care enough about the person coming from, clearly coming from still being bothered by an ex that, you know. <laughs> but then I always attribute it down to it's the kind of slasher character where they're so super flawed that that enables the things to happen. I mean, I just find that hard to get my head around if, like, you, you're fine with Scream, but, like, you can't no, get no, your head yeah, around... But, Scream, it's, it, but it was slightly different, because Scream, it was like, yeah, you go and look on the thing, a person breaks into your home or whatever, but it was in the pouring dead of night. Um, I think it was, I wasn't really thinking about it, and Suze just went, what the fuck is she doing? Get the fuck in the car and go. Why would you stay with this creepy guy in a rainy night, in the dead of night? And it's clearly, like, you don't... And especially when he says, what, you think I just broke in here and... And I'm waiting to kind of... He actually outright says it. And I'm like, that doesn't play on your mind. And I was thinking that was going to be the way it goes. He was going to turn out to be someone who was in the house. And he was the airbnb And it was like, you know, all going to go a bit horribly wrong. He was going to be a captive yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the... That's the... That's the, the, uh, that's the, the sort of side swipe, isn't it? That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's what you expect to happen. And yeah. Then, and then it's like, oh, it's you know, so it's something, yeah. something else. And yeah. so much worse. Um, but it's also what I liked about it is that it's, there's nothing supernatural about it. It's, no, it's just all of it is people. based in some horrible, like yeah. yeah. That's that's what really gets me with yeah. uh, horror stuff generally is when yeah. it, there is no supernatural, like when it's it's easily explained because yeah. it's like oh my god that's just rough as fuck. Like yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I think honestly, no, if you can't, I, I get it. If you, I can't, get it. if you can't, if you can't deal with the initial hook then yeah you're fucking fucked yeah because uh it's the rest of it won't work but, so, but I, oh I see well. what they were going for and I, I kind of yeah there's some bits that just made me kind of laugh like yeah uh, uh, let's just say the uh the bit where he goes there's no spoilers but let's just say the uh the 
need descent yeah. from a certain place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally done the job on me. Yeah. Uh, that's my perfect kind of horror film, really. Cool. cool. Uh, so it's number two. Uh, all right, so, Dale, drum well, roll. You can feel free to rip into my number one, because I, okay, I didn't really rip into that. But um, uh, my number one is a strange film. Um, I didn't expect to like it as much as I have, and I've watched it quite a few times. And the soundtrack has really gripped me, and the world building felt really nice. And just the way that they built it up, and I was not expecting this reaction and to really like the film that much. But my number one film is The Batman. Fucking hell! I wonder I did wonder if this was gonna show up eventually. Um I I I it's strange because everything on paper, Robert Patterson, yeah, he's a good actor now and stuff like that, and I kinda of think they're going for a smaller one. It feels like he's year not year one Batman, but year two, three, maybe? Still virgin. young. It's a virgin Batman. Yeah. He's he's like he's second base Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels like that. It's it's nice. He's gone for a different kind of intimidation. He's not bulky, he's not big, he just walks at you in a really disturbing manner. He's got heavy shoes and it's just like I like that they've built a different kind of Batman. Again. Yeah. And he's doing detective work. And I'm I'm really happy. And he's walking around, and you've got the Gotham PD literally like going, "Who is this guy? Why have you invited him here?" And you know he's there at the crime scene. The rest of them are looking at him like going, "You're a freak." And it's like everything I wanted to have from a Batman film. Um, I was you know when, years ago when we heard rumours of them doing Batman film, it was going to be the Cape Crusader or the Greatest Detective kind of that sort of angle. And to see him solving crimes and stuff and, you know, and not simply solving crimes, just beating the shit out of criminals, but <laughs> but the whole riddle thing as well. And, you know, the guy in the in at the funeral and stuff where he's having to solve the, the riddle and the fact that the Riddler's just a messed up, creepy looking so-and-so. I, I really liked it um, much more than I thought I would. Um, because I watched it before we did a podcast and I think I mentioned it on a previous one and I'd watched it late at night and I thought maybe it's because I'd watched I'd stayed up really late to watch it that I enjoyed it and maybe I won't enjoy it quite so much on a rewatch rewatched it and I I I found myself liking it even more it was Mm -hmm. close to the sort of animated series Batman in a lot of tonal ways as in a lot of criminals can turn up in this and certain people's performances and stuff like that. I really liked it. And I really liked that they didn't total the Batmobile, which it seems to be like the thing. The moment they introduce the Batman, they give him a new toy and the toy is all the rage and they destroy it because they're obsessed with this. It seems to be none of the kind of obsession they do. If anything, the only weak part of the film, I would say, is possibly the final act where he's going around beating up all the other people but that's only because it works as a foil because one of them turns around to him and says i'm vengeance and he realized that's where he's going wrong and then it leads to him leading people out of the the flooding areas and so he's kind of like the dark knight you know a knight is someone who protects rather than uh, goes out to destroy so it's almost like the start of him becoming that um in a weird way, without him actually saying it, because you don't need to say it to show, don't tell. Um, so there was so much about it I really enjoyed, and also, you know, um, 
as Catwoman. <laughs> Forgotten her name, um, Kravitz. Already mentioned her. Yeah, exactly. This... Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, Kravitz. Sorry, yeah. Kravitz. That's it. Yeah. As uh, thing. And, you know, John Turturro. And also Andy Serkis in there as well. Pete Skarsgård. Colin Farrell as Penguin. Almost unrecognisable. Was... Yeah. I thought it was really good, but on his eyebrows. We've talked about this before. I really love the film and I really love the soundtrack. And I'm really tempted to go to. There's a thing happening in, I think it's Hammersmith Apollo or whatever it was now. And it's going to be the Batman with a live orchestra. Oh, nice. And I'm really tempted to go because I Who thought... Who did the music for that? Yeah, I thought the score was so powerful and it was helped. Was it Giacchino? Uh, I think uh, uh, Michael Giaccio. Yeah, yeah, yeah Giacchino, yeah. Giacchino. Oh, that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He does a lot of, uh, he does a lot of stuff I just, like that. I just thought that opening theme... And and there's so many little subtle bits, like the bit right at the end where they're. And this is not a spoiler, but the bit at the end where they're they're driving off on the bikes, and it, the music's almost like a ballad as they're leaving. And then it's the bit where he he starts looking back in the mirror, and then he starts accelerating. The music tone changes from this oh, ballad. Yeah, yeah. It starts going dun 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 done and then he starts accelerating further and you see his expression behind the cow actually change and start to go more business you kind of go okay love loves on hold it's back to work and yeah. i think with no words that whole scene was really well done and there were so many bits like that and i don't mind the fact that he looks a bit emo when he takes off the cow because he needs to wear eyeliner because that's how his eyes are dark underneath it yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I watched it at IMAX. It was it, I felt the length of it though, and I remember saying that I really would have liked. I really would like to just watch it at home at my own pace. And uh, I I did mean to do that, but then I think it came out on Sky, and I hate yeah. fucking watching movies through Sky because the quality is bullshit. And uh, and so I've, I've got I it on Blu-ray. To, I've got it on 4K Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yet done it yet. Um, you want to borrow it if you want. Oh right, yeah, I might take you up on that, but um, I did. I did mean to to, to buy it by now, mm. um, so it sort of slipped out of my top ten. I, I'm surprised because when I first watched it, for me, maybe it's because it wasn't the cinema setting, it didn't feel as long as it was because I was dreading it being that long, and the story kind of kept me just engrossed enough that, yeah. I, that I was like, "Oh, okay, we're near the end now," and I, I couldn't believe it. And I was a bit like, "Oh, there's still a bit more to go." And then, then I was in there, and it was like, oh, okay, now it's finished. Uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I think um, as an alternative, and I quite like the fact that they're using the Batman just to distinguish it and carve its own little micro universe and stuff. And hopefully, we'll get more from it. Um, I don't think they need to put Joker in. I know he's been teased for the second one, but I like that they didn't lead with that because it's been done. I like that they didn't lead with him the whole death thing and him becoming Batman because like the Spider-Man reboot it's you know it's done why why do we need to tell this story again it almost feels a bit like Spider-Verse where they go let's go for this one more time you know <laughs> yeah I mean that well that's the biggest battle that film had to fight really was like this again yeah um, but they did they did find a new way to do it and uh, yeah I, like, I really enjoyed it I just thought it yeah. was for a superhero film it felt like it felt more like a vigilante film, you know. In some ways, it felt like I was watching something where it would have starred Charles Bronson back in like the seventies, or yeah. something, something similar of the like. 
And yet this has to stand alone in the next iteration of the DC Universe. Yeah, because uh, it's all been set on fire. Yeah, that's right. But that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, speaking of the end, uh, my number one is, um, you probably guessed it by now, uh, Avatar The Way of Water. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Simply because um, by sheer force of money water. and <laughs> talent and just incredible uh, special effects, uh, it crushes every other film this year. Hmm. That's that's my opinion. Um, it's making lots of money, so I think not many people would disagree. I mean, it's just it, at its most cynical. It's it's the same film again, almost. Um, they've just switched a few things around. They've moved to a new setting, uh, embracing the water thing, which itself is almost like a tech demo of being able to do that capture in water wow. which is which was obviously always going to be something that Cameron wanted to do prove execute um there's like there's the the, the it, it's three hours and 15 minutes but it sailed by um and just the, the the 48 frames 3d like made it really easy to follow um if you don't go to the cinema and see it like that you never will hmm. um so yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, I've seen it now. I don't need to go again. Yeah, uh, but it's definitely. I do like, want to try. I do want to try and catch it because yeah, it'll it's be one on of those films you need to see it. it. The whole spectacle of it really works. It needs to be the big screen. It needs to be the IMAX. Basil the IMAX. I think it's got to be. Well, it needs to be three D. Yeah, it absolutely needs to be three D because you just miss out uh, on the whole sort of like thing of it. I, I listened to an interview with Cameron the other day actually, and he was saying that the whole. Uh, first act was going to be the f- the second film, so um, this is almost like the next two combined. Oh, wow, but he's okay. still make he's still making three more of these. Apparently, uh, the the box office on this is basically they've greenlit it all, and he's sort of said, "Well, yeah. I know what I'm doing for the next the next six or seven years." Then, because yeah. um, I think I think I think three is in the can. And um, and four and five will come along shortly afterwards, and probably also be shot back to back. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No. I. 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 I'm just like such a sucker for that sort of level of tech. Um, and you know, yeah, I'm quite invested in 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 the universe and stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I. I don't remember having such a visceral experience uh, with a movie at all this year. Uh, on the big screen, especially. Nice. So yeah, that's that's my that's my lazy number one. <laughs> well, you know, um, cinema is all about being massively entertained and stuff, and sometimes a film that just gives you an experience that's so mind blowing. Why not? You yeah, know? I, that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, just fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like show me something that I've never seen before. There you, you know, go. And, and, and that's you're like, and that, okay. Yeah, and that's and that's what cinema should be. That's what Cameron believes it should be, and that's why he is so fucking pig-headedly arrogant about doing these movies. Yeah, you know, in however long it takes. You know, I think he was. I think he secretly loved that there was a pandemic because it meant that he could put another like five years of R and D into this. You know. Yeah. <laughs> as mad as that might sound. Crazy man. Yeah. So that's so that's that. I mean, I, I, I were there any honourable mentions you might have that haven't been mentioned yet? Um, 
To be honest, I've only got a couple. Um, that's that's a relief, mate, because yeah. it's getting on a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Enola Holmes too. Enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as yeah. much as the first one, I found. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like the world, and I'm glad there's more of it. So that's why I think it's worth a mention. And I'll, yeah. always, I'll always like that series to continue. Yeah, Henry um, Cavill as, as Sherlock is awesome. I'm, I'm glad as well the estate allowed it to be made with that whole hoo-ha going on as well. I um, thought it was public domain. They could, well, they the estate got... blocked the sequel for a while because Sherlock was shown to be having feelings and that was the reason why it wasn't greenlit for a long time. Oh, Sherlock wow. only has to be shown as an um, uncaring sociopath according to the Sherlock Holmes estate. <laughs> So okay. They had, they had umbrage with Sherlock Holmes that cared a little bit about his sister, <laughs> which I oh, think right. is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. But anyway, um, must yeah. be a cunt. Yes, basically <laughs> weird. Um, <laughs> I liked the Werewolf Past Midnight, the, the Disney Marvel thing. I thought that was quite fun. It was a nice. Yeah, little, I mean, thing. I d- it's it, um, that's weird, like one off, isn't it? Is yeah, that a film? That's why I liked is it? It, a- it wasn't aiming to go anywhere, or hopefully, it's- or maybe, or whatever. Yeah, it was um, like a it was like a Marvel Halloween special, wasn't it, yeah, or some? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was well decent. Yeah. Um, also uh, directed mentioned, mentioned... directed by Michael Giacchino, who oh, just nice. <laughs> doesn't um, normally direct films. Normally does the music. Yeah, but I suppose you'll get to put a lot of the Hammer Horror Score stuff stuff in there, which was like quite prevalent, wasn't it? I mean, who else is going to score a Michael Giacchino film? He's <laughs> no one else is going to want no. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. directs it so that he knows exactly what music must be played and when. Yeah, um, exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've mentioned Hell Hole a few times. Weird Netflix horror thing. That I think oh, that was yeah, just yeah. nuts. Worth a mention. Um, yeah. And that, I think I had the Adam Project of Ryan Reynolds sci-fi film because it reminded me of Flight of the Navigator a little bit with him versus, you know, going back and stuff from the future yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and... One that's slightly cheeky, but it came out in December 2021, and that was Spider-Man No Way Home. So it was on the cusp of 2021 mm. into 2022. But yeah. I just wanted to mention the fact that I just couldn't believe I had not seen that film, and it's so fucking good, and I watched it again. And I was like, why am I not watching this film all the time? The end. <laughs> that's probably why... That's the trouble with Christmas releases, is they're so like... Yeah, like yeah. they could fall into either year, really, but... Yeah. It's a bit lame kind of having that as like number one this year, which I imagine it could have easily been. Yeah. Uh, if it came yeah. out in January, it probably would have been. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I've just got a couple I'm going to quickly swing through here yep. that haven't been mentioned yet. Nightmare Alley, the new, the latest Guillermo del Toro film, uh, all about like uh, all bit of a carnival sort of thing. Uh, this guy comes out of the carnival, goes, becomes a, uh, a mesmerist, you know, and Kate Blanchett starts getting involved. And it's a, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a, uh, like a, a, ta- a tale, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's really good. Um, Bradley Cooper is in it. He's the main role. Um, RRR, which is that mad Indian film, yes, which, that. uh, includes lots of singing and people swinging motorbikes around, Tigers uh, flying out of the backs of cars and yeah, just utterly mad. Three hour long, another three hour long film. Why is every film three hours long? Um, the unbearable weight of massive talent, where Nick Cage plays himself um, and uh, 
massively sends himself up, uh, to be honest. Um, and, um, and the film slowly becomes about the film they're trying to write. Very cool. Um, a lot of fun, that movie. And finally, Triangle of Sadness, which it's really not worth going into uh, the plot too much. But it's, uh, it's a bit of a story all about kind of like, again, haves and haves nots. It, it was either this or the menu that was going to go into my top 10. And okay. I went with the menu. Basically, I think there was a bit of recency bias going on there. Yeah. But it's directed, this one's directed by Ruben Osland, who did the film Force Majeure, uh, which I've caught up I, on recently. I think I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. yeah, it's the one where basically like there's a, there's like an avalanche. This family are on like a ski holiday and there's like an avalanche and the, the mother runs to grab the kids and the father just fucking pegs it. Yeah. And, uh, and the whole, I think Will Ferrell like did a remake of it as like a bit of a comedy. But, um, yeah, that, that it's by the same director as that. So it has a similar sort of satirical yeah. social commentary. Um, but it's a lot of people all on a boat for the majority of it. And Woody Harrelson is the captain of the ship. And they're like, well, we're saying we'll do the, we'll do the captain's dinner on Thursday. Um, but the weather's going to be really bad. He's like, well, they're still going to eat, aren't they? And it's like, well, okay. And the storm and the, the whole <laughs> restaurant is doing this. And there's a lot and lot of chunder going oh. on. Uh, is it Netflix by any chance? <laughs> it's not on anything yet. Oh. Uh, I had to rent it. I do notice a correlation between Netflix and their chunder films and stuff. They do love someone randomly throwing up to the point where it's become a household phrase where I go, oh, Netflix. <laughs> Netflix and puke. Yes. <laughs> That's what <laughs> it should not, be the I'm, phrase. What are you exactly referring to there? Everything. Um, Knives Out or lots of things. Like there'll be a series yeah. and someone will just random, someone will throw up. And if someone yeah. throws up, it's usually a bit more visceral or you'll see it as opposed to just the head down the toilet making the sounds. And I'm like, oh, Netflix, come on. <laughs> I think it meant strides must have been made in, like, sort of stunt cum, uh, stunt vomit. Yeah. Stunt it's, cum, it's just so, a thing. It's, it's happened bodily so Bodily fluids. I've said that <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. Right. Thanks for listening to the Not Watching Podcast. You can email us at notwatchingpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet out or follow us on Twitter at notwatchingpod. And if you like what you've heard here, please do leave us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, stay safe out there.